Hi, I'm Lonnie Watson, high school counselor. And I'm Jerry Mack, high school principal. Welcome to our podcast, The School Office. Where we give tactical and practical tips for working in a high-performing public school. We have been to all the conferences. We have read all the books. We are tired of hearing from experts who are not in the trenches working with students, parents, and staff every day. So if you want to learn about all things that work for us in our profession, you're in the right place. Thanks for joining us. This is The School Office. Welcome to the school office this week. You guys, we're going to do a little bit different episode this week. We are going to share with you our presentation we've been asked to present at the Nebraska School Mental Health Conference, and we're so excited to present. The name of our presentation is dun, 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 about podcasting. Who yep. would have thought, Jerry? Yeah, exactly. Uh, th this journey has, has been crazy this, uh, this year alone, and so we're excited to have an opportunity to share that at the, at the state conference. Um, and the journey is, you know, our jobs haven't changed, but the communication and things we're doing with our, with our public, our families, our staff, um, and our community has just has, has changed. So you know, we're excited to give this uh, presentation and share and and um, allow people to to find us and hopefully that we get some tips on where to find them and encourage some other groups to do the same. So the title of our presentation today is podcasting for student mental health and resiliency. Mm -hmm. um, it, first thing we found out, and we put a big picture of Dwight Schrute um, on our presentation, is communication is key. What we found out in, the, in a high school setting, in a public school setting, is that we deal with a lot of the same student mental health and resiliency issues over and over again. So, um, I'll just an example, we deal with a lot of girl drama. I got a lot of girl drama in the school office and it happens over and over and over again. And, and what I found is the first year as a school counselor, I wasn't any good at it. And then communication with, with you, Jerry, I, I got good at it and we started to name things and develop a system. Uh, but what we found out is like, it does no good just for us to be good at something. Um, and us to understand the ins and outs of how to work with teenagers, we needed a broader scope to be able to communicate with our parents, our other teachers in our district, our community to help these students through these hard things. So in short, when, when I'm having a conversation, I'll just use a student, uh, for example, in my office and, and miscellaneous topics, but they're dysregulated for some reason. Um, call it mental health, call it just some social issues going on in the school, something going on at home. We start to have repeat conversations of things that we knew worked. And so when I think that's what we noticed, and I was sharing with you, and you're like, hey, that works. And then you started stealing that stuff, and you were using stuff in your office that we once you find a conversation that works to dysregulate a student, a, a conversation that works to, to help uh, with some of that social drama you were talking about, um, that's when we knew. We I think you were the one that was that suggested first. Like we need to record this stuff, and um, it'll be good for us to share out with others. It's it's certainly good for others um, to listen in. So repeat conversations. But if I remember right, I think this actually started in your office by yourself. Was it ACT? What was the? I was I was pissed. So <laughs> I had it was one of those days where. I had 
a couple students who were severely dysregulated or who I felt like for whatever reason just really needed me. Mm-hmm. Like I could be doing so much good with these students and my phone would not stop ringing with questions. It was dual credit season. Dual you guys, credit. if you're a school counselor or you have a teenager, dual credit is it's earning college credits in high school and it's so freaking complicated. And there's no, it takes a conversation on like, is your kid ready for it? Here are the pros, here are the cons. And I was having that conversation over and over again and then the phone rang again and it was about hey mrs watson how do i register for the my kiddo for the act and at that moment i'm like you go to act.org you know it's not that hard (laughs) but i've done it so many times and bless it like i have to find empathy for the parents who are navigating this for the first time it's all kind of complicated so i think i just grabbed my phone jerry and did a facebook live um and I titled it, like, How to Earn College Credits While in High School. And we pumped it out in May. And lo and behold, like, it was, it worked. I think in a, within the first week and a half, I, I know it was before the end of May, it had 1,000 views. Mm-hmm. And we've got a screenshot of that, uh, of Facebook on the end of May and how many views Facebook Live, a video on Facebook Live had. And that's what opened our eyes, that... Wow, if you can have these repeating conversations, instead of having 1,000 different conversations in your office, what if you could have one conversation, push it out there for 1,000 sets of ears uh, to listen? Because think about how many school counselors around the nation are spending the majority of their time answering questions about the ACT, mm-hmm. you know, or about dual credit. It's all needed. Uh, but if we talk about a student mental health crisis, that we have a mental health crisis in youth right now and the suicide rates are going up, I think trained counselors, even school counselors, could be spending their time doing more productive things if you could have a place to host this. Here's my favorite one we did really early, though. We had a problem in our, and oh, lo and behold, I bet you have this problem too, in our schools with kids' cell phones, right? And getting texts in the day. And guess who's texting them? It's not their buddies. It's mama. Yeah. So here's what was happening. Students would get a bad grade on a test and those systems now will ping to parents' phones and say, hey, Johnny got a, a 43% on his world geography test. And immediately the parents were texting the kids in class. Or the kid had a spat with a friend at lunch and was immediately texting mom. And what does mom want to do? Well, she wants to save the day, Mm -hmm. right? Because we're fixers. I'm a mom too. I'm guilty of it. So we got on Facebook Live and pumped pumped out a video that says, if you communicate with your teenagers via text message, do this, not this. So there's an example of not only a repeating conversation, but all of a sudden it turned into... We really need to communicate, like on that situation, because we had kids coming to the office in tears, and it was because they were triggered by a text from home and the guilt and shame that they were, they were received via text from their parent, um, and so we, you knew right away the conversation isn't with the kid. I mean, we we need to dysregulate the conversation that needed to take place was with the parent, and so again, once we saw that. Man, you can get a thousand people to watch your video and listen to your words and actually have a conversation um, within a week, week and a half times. Like, we could use this platform to communicate with parents, and that's kind of how this evolved into the podcasting 
which is today's topic on how we're using podcasting to do this. So we have two podcasts that we put out weekly. Um, the Cardinal Cast is our more local podcast that we do for the high school. We put is a video cast, really is what it is, and then we pump it also to iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, all the places, mm-hmm. and. We started that with conversations about here's here's why the ACT is important or things you want to know. I mean, we're not both big on like putting your value into test scores, but we could have that conversation, mm-hmm. you know, like here's why it's important and here's why it's not your value. And and we really started with some school issues. Um, and then we realized the conversation, um, it was it was a communication conversation. It wasn't do this, not this, Correct. you know, like dual credit was here's the steps. Um, but we, we found other topics to be able to have broader conversations with our community. Um, the school office is then where we put out the tips and tricks for anyone working with teenagers that we have found to be wildly successful. So Shattered Cardinal Cast was where we started with our local local public. It was talking about local topics for our students, for our parents, for our families, what, why we do what we do right here. Um, and then the school office is that second one that's like, man, if we're if this stuff works, some of the, what we're working, we're going to share out, and I'm hoping that we can bait more people to share their stories and what's working for them so that we can, because that's what educators do. We're always stealing things that work. Um, yeah, and so that's that's kind of how that started. And and the key the key word that you you said was conversations. And so traditionally, you know, I'm a high school principal, so how do I communicate with my public? It's going to be on a, a school website, you know. A blog. Yeah, a blog, which I can write an article, which I do. Um, it's going to be on our text messaging accounts where I can push out a text. Um, we, ha- we have a school Twitter account where I can do, you know, 140 characters or now 200 and some characters. Those aren't conversations. And so the power we found in all of this was the conversations. We could have a conversation and, and sometimes we go solo and we're having a conversation, just you to the to the public or me to the public. But a lot of times we're bringing, we'll bring in guests also and have just important conversations that now other ears can listen in on. One of my favorite conversations that we got to have on the Cardinal Cast, and we also cross-posted it on the school office so you can listen to it here as well, is about our efforts this past well, I'd say two years, we've made really strong efforts for a suicide prevention program at Chattern High School. Um, and we brought in a guest, and, and that guest's name is Amy Carnahan, and she locally in the panhandle is on the loss team, and she is known for her suicide prevention advocacy. And I think I ended up crying in like two of the Cardinal Cast episodes, and that's one of them, uh, because she shared her personal story of loss um, through a fam- close family member and suicide, and I shared mine. And it, how many views does it have, Jerry? I know you have it right there. I don't know. It was, it was I, it's thousands. 3, 000 yeah, it's more. about yeah. 3,000 views. And you guys, our town is only 5,000 people. And I know that half of our town doesn't even have internet connection to watch right. this. So this, that message of what we are doing at Shattern High School for suicide prevention has gotten to the broader public. And mm-hmm. it's fun because we're getting responses on our, our school Facebook page um, that are from people from outside communities and that they're watching this and thinking, okay, these are, I can talk to my kids about suicide prevention. I can talk to them about issues they're dealing with. And it just gives them permission seeing two people being vulnerable in such a 
vulnerable way online um, to start having conversa conversations with their kiddos. So again, once we started branching out and realizing there was important conversations to have, we've, I know you did a, a real popular one was uh, snaps, sexting, um, what, what we deal with that we see, and we work with law enforcement on some of that stuff. Um, parents, that was a, a highly viewed one as well. And again, we cross post. So um, you're, some people view our material on a YouTube channel. Some do it um, from a, just the audio version of the podcast itself. Uh, Facebook Live, I'm going to be honest, it's, you know, they used to, the joke was, well, that's where the parents and the grandparents are. It's no joke. That is where our local parents and grandparents are. And so we cross-post everything. You know, the one conversation goes to all these platforms. Uh, we brought in guests, and, and uh, we, we feel like um, we do a lot for school safety here in our district. And so I brought in a guest and, and just had a talk about school safety. Um, and then kind of some of them are like, maybe hot topics or people might want to dance around and not have a conversation about, but we've had conversations about coaching and officiating yep. and how they're treated during contests and even in the off season. We talked about our personal experiences um, coaching and officiating over the years. Um, again, just trying to have that important conversation with, with, with our public, specifically the spectators that come to games. And so, um, yeah, it's, been, it's just been, um, yeah, there's been some heartfelt stuff too. Like, you know, I, another time when you were talking about tears, we were doing a podcast about, I think it was just about taking or scheduling. Taking hard classes. Taking hard classes, like why you should schedule. And we kind of got in a conversation, just you and I, behind a microphone and in front of a camera. And it was about, it, schedule, you know, trig isn't hard. And Algebra 2, U.S. History, AP Literature, those aren't hard compared to, and then we shared some personal stories of, of our students and our own lives, that there are hard things out there. But scheduling, classes, and again, just trying to, yeah, again, you're trying to help students with perspective and, and a perspective of, of the things that they think is challenging and difficult. So um, and so we get all this going. We start this plat of all years in the 2019-20 school year. Of all years. Of all years. We start this thing with podcasting. We build this audience. We got two different podcasts. We have both weekly ones, by the way. And then this thing called COVID happens. I didn't even know the word COVID prior to 2020. I, I think even in our first podcast, our, our Facebook Live, I fumbled through, do I call it coronavirus? Do I call it COVID? What's yeah. the, I think I might have called it 18. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. What yeah, was going on? Yeah, and so anyways, we all schools, you know, we're the, not just schools. You know, our entire world has been just hammered by this coronavirus crisis, and so in the midst of trying to figure out what we're going to do, we were shut down for a week because it hit us during spring break with the announcement of school closure, and we don't know for how long. So I grabbed the superintendent, Dr. Caroline Winchester, and brought her in. And she, you know, as our first time of her being a guest on our show, and we just talked about she had a vision of where she thinks we should be doing here in, in our district. And again, like it's had close to 4,000 views of just a superintendent sharing, um, you know, the, her vision and thoughts on moving forward going into this, this COVID-19, this crisis we were dealing with. And then... We're still in school closure eight weeks later, and we've got things like the scholarship programs and graduations to deal with. And guess what? 
we now have a platform. We've already we've already built this platform and this audience, and so we rolled into you created a, a virtual honors night for the scholarship announcements and uh, the senior awards night, um, and then we did um, a graduation celebration video as as well. And so, of all years, we start branching out, just being brave, trying new things um, with communication, and then we're in a digital world and we don't get to have face-to-face conversations with students. So my favorite part about this, having this platform and like, who would have thought in a year of the, like we are both on the school safety team. Jerry leads it and I'm, I'm an active participant. Who would have thought in all the things we have consistently planned for that it would be a pandemic, right? No one, no one was anticipating that that would be our first at Shattered High School, um, since I've worked here, at least, the, the real crisis that we've gone through. Um, and I'll tell you my favorite part about having our podcasting platform and getting having hard talks about like why we take hard classes and why we don't quit things in the middle of it and, and why it's okay to get an F and you're not a failure if you ever fail at something. Um, why perfectionism can lead to that idea of all or nothing and can you, just having these conversations. Our community feels like they know us now. Uh, We have what, Jerry, I think you named it some social equity within our community. So when it was time to roll out our plan for school closures, our parents were like, saddle up, let's go, it's our turn. You know, they're like, it is our turn to step up because we know because what they share with us and how they work with our kids and how well they communicate that they have been grinding and that this is the best decision for kids right now. Whereas I I feel like sometimes that's when it's easy to chime in the negative. So the school should do this and the high school principal should do that. And that school counselor, she's such a jerk where we've gotten both of us numerous emails from our parents saying, Hey, Lonnie, I know you don't know me because my kid's just a freshman and just started, but I watch you on Facebook Live every week, and I feel like I know you, and I feel like I can ask you this hard thing that's going on in my house right now. And I'm like, boom, that's why I do it, because without that and with hesitancy, you might not have buy-in. You might not, you call it ride for the brand, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and you just might not believe that we are doing the best things we possibly can for kids every day, unless you you know the whole story of why we're doing certain things, why we try to get them to take hard classes, all the stuff. And that's the power of the conversation. Mm-hmm. That's what you cannot get in a letter, in a blog article, in a tweet, is through a conversation, you can get across your philosophy, your beliefs, and an understanding of that this is challenging, you know. We and we don't always have the answers. We know that, but they start building trust. And I don't know if social equity is the word. And and shout out to Dr. Mike Lucas. He's current superintendent at Westside. I was listening to him uh, a year ago, and he was just talking about snow days. And because he's on Twitter, because he's on social media and putting stuff out there, he built up these social reserves, this trust in people. And then he, he tells a story about a kind of maybe a bad snow day call that he probably could have had school or that kind of thing. And people online were expressing support. We know it's a hard job and, you know, that kind of thing. And so that's, that's what I'm talking about with you're building a social equity, a social trust in people and parents um, that you're trying your best. Your school is, um, they can hear your voice. They can hear your care, your concern. They can hear where you're firm. They can hear, you know, we talk about tough topics like, Bullying can be a big topic, and, and there's a lot of, um, you know, 
racism is, is the topic currently uh, in our nation, we can have conversations about those topics. And, and uh, again, we don't have to have all the answers, but we can express our passion, our, our beliefs, and, and what you know we stand for and what we don't stand for. And, and my encouragement out there is, is for those of you listening, for those of you that are, um, whether you're a leader in your building or not, you have gifts, you have uh, experiences that, that I think are worth sharing that we could, we could learn from in, in hearing your conversations and your public, your parents, um, your, the, your students, your colleagues would benefit from uh, is just to be brave. And you and I talked about podcasting over a year ago and we just, it's just like, how do you take that first step? Like what? Well, it comes out, you get a box that you, <laughs> that you put paper in, a ream of paper box. You get a coffee cup. Yep. You get your computer I and you, kinda, going. you hijack your phone up there the a little books. bit and you Don't sit on books. some books yep. because Lonnie's only 5'5 five five over here. So we need, we need to have some height equity when we talk about equity here. Um, you guys were so unprofessional in how we started our <laughs> podcasting. When we present this, and if you want to go and watch the Zoom, we'll try to link it to, to this um, in iTunes, but we literally had a ream box, a coffee cup, a couple phones, because yeah. we're trying like we're trying to be savvy and hit the Instagram yeah. people and the Facebook people, and basically we just recorded, and um, it, it just wasn't a professional setting. Yeah. I I feel like so often in my life, um, and and in a lot of people's lives, and I know we just don't start things if we don't think it's going to be perfect. Right? right? Exactly. If we exactly. can't do it super well, why start? And that's like the exact message you and I are trying to get out of our kid's yeah. head because it just leads to fear and yeah. fear is crippling. Yep. And so we were like, we got to freaking be brave and we got to yeah. just try this. And oh God, our first episodes were so bad. Oh, ner- yeah. And still get a little bit nervous, oh, but nothing like absolutely. that first one. But the second episode was probably the biggest hit. No, no sound. No, no, no sound, audio. you guys. No audio. 40 minutes of no audio. Not just like no audio, like, hey, you know, a couple words. Yeah. and right. No, like we, it's a whole 40-minute video of you it and I out talking. There. It, was, it was published. It was out there. It was live. Yeah, um, the cardboard box is what we set the laptop on. We just used the laptop for the camera and, and for the microphone right out of the yeah. laptop. We didn't have a whole lot going. And so that's kind of how we got started anyway we get asked just don't be brave be brave don't be scared don't let the fear control you absolutely and that's kind of where we get asked to come do this presentation you guys is like people visually are seeing us across the state and maybe hopefully someday across the nation because i think what we talk about is that important um and how we do the cardinal cast we get asked to come do this presentation a lot about podcasting but I'm telling you, the real magic is in the school office. That is where the magic is because we have been blessed this year, and I'm going to get all counseling on you guys, and I'm going to go back to student mental health. We have been so blessed this year to be able, be able to add mental health through a grant, mental health licensed professional workers in our school, and I'm telling you what, there's not enough of them to solve this mental health crisis. There's not. And I've also been personally blessed, as have you, Jerry, to go to some of the most amazing conferences this nation has to offer. I have seen Dr. Bruce Perry speak. I have been to trauma-informed care all over the place, and I will continue to go. But there's something different from, I'm just kind of tired of listening to people who have never worked in a school setting telling us how 
you teach when you have 30 kids in your room and two of them have been through massive trauma mm -hmm. and two of them are dysregulated just because they are and three of them are diagnosed. There, there's some magic in us sharing what works in schools. Yeah. I don't think you can go to enough conferences this world has over by every, the smartest PhDs and the best authors in the land. There are some tips and tricks in the school office that you guys need to listen to. That This is where the magic is, Jerry, and I don't know how you feel about it. I think I, I do, but when I talk to our mental health practitioner that works in our school now, after a year of working in the schools, one, she's like, holy cow, it's way bigger of an issue than I thought. And two, we have to start with the adults because we have dysregulated right. adults and teachers teaching kids who've been through trauma and that's a recipe for disaster. So some of the stuff we share, it's for these guys who are at this conference trying to get better working in school mental health. I mean, these, this is what, where the magic is, I think. And I think if you're a, a mental health provider or private uh, practice, you have scheduled appointments, and that, that's one thing. And, I, and I'm just reflecting on when we brought in our mental health provider that works in our school district. One of the things I noticed right away is, like, you have to understand chaos. You just work in chaos when you're in a school. There are no schedules for us. The, you might have a calendar of your meetings and different things on there, but you don't get to – you can't schedule when the trauma happens and those things, and, and you can't make an appointment and wait. And so not only does it walk into your office, what any problem – that's out there. I mean, you have no idea what's causing the tears that, to bring someone in your office when they come in. But when they're done, you know, in your office, it's still school outside of the office. There's still hundreds of students in the peers and, and all those social pressures are still there. And so um, it's just a different environment to, to try to provide care um, for people and, you know, for students. And so I like what you said, because so the podcast, the school office that we do is in order to address student mental health, you have to have an impact on the people around the students. You have to have the message and the teaching around those people if you're going to help students. Because you and I can be really good. You know, in our roles, you, we know in our school, I am the school, the school dad in my school. That's what makes this work. That's where my heart is. And you are the school mom in our school. And that's, that's where your heart is, and that's our passion to help students. But when they leave our office, they have a mom, they have a dad, they have these other peers, they have the grandparents, they have teachers, all still in their lives. And we have to somehow get these messages to those people if we're going to have an impact on student mental health. And so we, I'm, I'm just going to tease you a little bit. On the school office, our first episode, now we're talking, you can call it student mental health, our first episode was titled, are you pregnant? Are you pregnant? Are you pregnant? Thank the Lord I'm not, Jerry, for the first time in like three years. <laughs> Are you pregnant is a tip, a, a tactical tool, tip, trick that helps dysregulate students. And for us, it might be in our offices. It, it, that's how you help. Now, again, the pregnancy is not the topic. It's a perspective. The topic is perspective and trying to get students to reflect and to see where they're at and to draw, dial down the, a perspective to uh, for a problem. I, I also like it um, for students knowing I'll go there. I'll yeah. go there. 
I will go we there. We can talk about anything. We can talk about anything in this room. Yeah. I'll ask you right away if you're pregnant. I'll ask you right away if you're considering suicide. I, it, it kind of helps. Like, you're not going to make me uncomfortable. Whatever yeah. conversation we have to talk about today, I'm letting you know yeah. by asking, young lady, if you're pregnant, um, just sometimes to let you know, I'll go anywhere. Did yeah. you send nudes? Could be yeah. another title. Yeah. That's stuff we really deal with in schools. That's the other thing. I mean, student mental health, can you imagine the student, and this has happened multiple times in my career in just the last few years, that a student is has this boulder on their shoulder because they have a boyfriend or an ex-boyfriend that has nude photos of them, and we've had them where they've threatened this, the, the breakup happens, you know, the revenge mm-hmm. porn, they call it. We've had, the, I think, one of the last ones, and I know you worked with a student more on that specific case, but that this ex-boyfriend, which is not a student, an outside person, was threatening to send the nudes to the girl's dad. That's mental health. That's, this is the kind of stuff kids come to school, and it's like, yep. let's learn about U.S. history. And it's like, well, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm not learning about anything right now because there yeah. are pictures of me yep. that are, might get sent to my dad today, and even worse, might mm-hmm. the world might see today, and I might never get those back. Yeah, there's so many different stories of the peer pressures that students have that are real. In fact, uh, I could say this, you, you and I get late-night emails, we'll get texts from Absolutely. students, um, uh, hey, so-and-so is... is making some suicidal comments on social media or texting, or even the kids will reach out to us at times like, hey, I'm really feeling like, you know, the self-harm is kind of coming in. Um, Since the uh, COVID-19 caused the school closures, I haven't had a single one of those. Mm -hmm. And so we have a a, one of our podcast episodes is talking about, are we the problem? You know, the releasing of the pressure and and how there's been some, some of that is just definitely healthy and not all of it, but there's some of it's just healthy. So anyways, um, um, with, with podcasting on, you know, for our topic today with, with student mental health, you know, I just encourage you to take a look at, cause we don't have time today, but we have episodes called good cop, bad cop, which it's our favorite game to play. I actually like it, Jerry, when we shake it up and I'm the bad cop. I do too. Yep. I do too. Cause I always get to be the bad cop. But you're better at it than I am. So I crack yep. sometimes. So it, I can't play the bad cop if I'm going to crack. But if sure. you have a new colleague you know, let's say the two of you, whatever your office is or whatever you do, whether you're a mental health provider, whether you're a, a school administration teacher, et cetera, for someone new in the field, we talked about how challenging schools are and the environment of trying to counsel in a school with hundreds of students around. Um, it's a good training ground. It's a nice excuse to bring in the rookie, so to speak. The Let's say uh, I got a new counselor was hired. Bring the new school counselor in with the principal or whoever's working or the, the supervising counselor in. And you play good cop, bad cop so that both of you can experience it. It's a good training ground, too, for, for two people because that's, that, that's a good one we talk about. We give some examples of that one as well. We talk a lot, too, when we talk good cop, bad cop, and we have some episodes about how we truly we're passionate about discipline. Yeah. Um, we're super passionate, and we're both um, trauma-informed, uh, and we practice trauma-informed, and we practice practice restorative discipline uh, but we're we're very key on the release in the teaching discipline disciple means to teach yep. we have a couple episodes that are totally worth listening to on that um, and that comes from some of those dr. Ross Green philosophy dr. Bruce Perry um, and I just want to help people realize what that can look like in a school setting mm-hmm. without necessarily having to buy a program it, it can look like some of this a good cop bad cop is an example of the real 
discipline and the real learning comes in the release of the pressure. Right. But sometimes you need the pressure of the bad cop in the situation yeah, I, yeah. to get to the release part. And we were doing all this. And I didn't know it was called restorative practices. I did, we didn't know it was called, you know, you just you just know what works because of experience, you know, and, and that's what we build and that's what we try to share and that's what I hope others share. Um, we've got topics in there when, when there's conflict between students and we've got, I think the title of it is, I can tell you want to be friends. Oh, you mean the girl drama <laughs> that no, no teenage parents or, or stereotyping. It's not works. always girls. It's not always girls. I had some boys this year too. I just brought <laughs> yeah. some in that my last one that I did this mm. with was with a group of young men, but, um, that's my favorite. The titles I can tell you want to be friends and the, the, we walk through exactly how we go about when we have student student conflict so this can be bullying mm -hmm. this can and you say bullying best i don't say your line you don't care what it's called. i don't care what the definition is it doesn't have to fit a definition to be called bullying mean is mean and mean is mean is mean and we just don't deal yeah, with it don't deal with and it. so we we don't push it off we don't wait yeah. for it to to get better um but i can tell you want to be friends as a way it seems to us that more often than not, when that's happening, that there's some deep-rooted hurt within the kids, and somebody is has actually probably has feelings of friendships for the other one, or there was at least a past history of friendship, um, and so there's like some deep-seated hurt, and we walk through step by step how we kind of get that hurt out and resolved together, and usually by the time kids leave, they're hugging. So it's I think that's, that's a really a fun one. one. It's yeah. fun if you. It takes some setup, and that's where we go through in the in the podcast in the episode. Another one a month ago was grief. We we knew that with the school closure, there was all this sadness. Like, and I really noticed that like teachers were really grieving that they couldn't see their students, and students were really grieving that they couldn't see their friends and their teachers. And so we could see, and we were experiencing um, uh, that there's grief going on. And so we did a, a nice one. You uh, brought that topic in, but we titled it. Damn you, COVID, grieving graduation and other student losses. Oh, I can't speak to how you need to listen to this one right now, you guys, because what you're going to find out, and here's the thing, too, we've got rioting going on in our, in our nation. It, I think when you go through the stages of grief and in the way that you relate it to COVID, you could probably re re relate it right now to um, the riots that are going on and you can have more empathy for students, parents, everyone, because you can kind of tell what's, what step they are. I know at our high school, we, we really focused on graduation, like grieving graduation. And we, we found out a lot of our parents and students were stuck in the bargaining step. They were sending mm -hmm. you messages like, we'll wait. It's okay. We'll wait. And, and once we go through grief, we realize you're bargaining, right? You're bargaining yeah. for some, you're trying to hold on to a date, um, or you're trying to hold yeah. on to something. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to get, it's really hard to get to acceptance. And here we go talking about what's going on in our nation. A lot of people in grief get stuck in anger and mm -hmm. that's a step of grief. And yeah. you have to be there to get to acceptance or to get to change and yeah. growth. Yeah. It, it kind of makes you wonder that, you know, the protests uh, going on in our nation and clearly an important topic and, and needs to be more awareness, needs to be taken seriously. And we, we need to personally change you. And I've had many mm -hmm. conversations which kind of goes into another episode that um, when we're in the school closure, we were talking about privilege a while back, and we did one that was titled, Why Students Dealing with Poverty Are Not Reading Your Emails. And so we noticed the there's a, a privilege gap uh, between students that have access, whether it's to Wi-Fi and different um, 
then you're, even a schedule, just a family dynamic or family support um, that some of us are more privileged than others, that some students get support, some students have Wi-Fi access at home, some students have maybe an adult at home during the closure that could um, encourage them to participate in school. So, um, and in fact, I think that's a topic that we might talk some more about just because of the reflections of what's going on in our nation right now. So, We have more fun ones. We sprinkle pretty serious ones with, with, with fun ones. Um, one of my favorite lines, and, and part of this is like naming what we do yeah. and moving students' feet. I do a lot of my school counseling, you guys, out on the track because a change of state will drastically improve students' health attitude, a little, you know, walk outside, a little walk around, a little getting up out of the state can help students, especially when we go back to that idea of when they're dysregulated and how to regulate them in a relative quick manner before we can get to the real root of the cause. Right. So, yeah, and that episode is called Move Their Feet. Mm-hmm. Move Their Feet. That was a, and it was, I think it was a line I used once and you, that was the, one of the very first ones that you threw a title on. I was like, we're going to call that technique move their feet. And so we started using it in the office and you was using it in your office, a student who's locked up, you know, they're getting that part of their brain, that lizard part of their brain and they're whatever, and they're just locked. And when they're locked mentally, they're probably locked physically. And so moving their feet and getting some physical movement, we just saw it really does help at times. And so we have an entire episode on that. There's a couple of episodes we're going to do that we're really excited for. Um, one of the episodes that I want to do, uh, really soon is called Talking Teenager. And I think so often uh, we we don't speak teenager. Um, for instance, a teenager can tell, like, I've worked with teenagers so long, it does not phase me if a kid would say, F you, Mrs. Watson, because I know that's not what they mean. Right, right? right. I know they mean, I'm struggling, I'm frustrated, I feel stupid in right. this moment. or you know. And so I think getting that out to the broader scope of people who are working with teenagers and with all ages, because one, one thing we've learned fast is adolescence has grown dramatically. Um, it starts sooner because they have access to all this information at their hands and it's going way later. So we might still be dealing with some teenagery stuff at 21 and 22 that we thought maybe we got through. So I think one of the things Jerry and I do really well is we speak teen- teenager and we can decode teenager. Um, because counseling kids and helping kids with their student mental health, the hardest part of it is getting to the root cause. Right. Because teenagers are so good at hiding it from us. They are so good. And they've heard things like, another one we want to talk about is motivation. We know if digital learning continues, we are going to have to find ways to motivate kids. And they're so good at telling us, saying phrases like, I'm just lazy. Right? When really that means, I feel dumb or I'm bad at this and I'm trying to hide it from you. Um, And so we're kind of excited for talking about motivation, talking about speaking teenager and decoding some of that and talking about privilege. Yeah. And like motivation is one that sometimes what we think is a coping skill or how are we going to motivate a student turns into be a bigger problem because of the way we're trying to motivate with like rewards and and those things. So uh, you can change behaviors maybe in a direction you really didn't want. Um, so yeah, we've got a lot more, um, episodes already out there. This is something that we just started last fall. Um, it's evolved into an important platform for us to have conversations. It turned into a school closure. We had no idea the, the challenges of, of school and life, um, that were, that we were about to face at the, back in March. Um, but yet we've had this 
this platform and, and we have done uh, remote Zooms is how we've recorded some of our podcasts during the closure and um, just trying to share. And again, I think there's power when a, um, and I'll go back to the Cardinal cast. There was power when we could put a voice, a, a recognized voice and a face on video through, and we were doing it through our video cast with our podcasting weekly to talk to students, to talk to parents from the very beginning. I think it, it helps settle some fears that, hey, we're here, we're going to support you. And then, lo and behold, teachers are teaching using what? Zoom, which is a face and a voice. And mm-hmm. that, that made the biggest difference in our community. And I would guess across the nation is when students, and I really think of the elementary kids with this one, when these kids, these students could just hear these trusted adults you know, these teachers that they have in the classroom. And so there's just a lot of power in conversations. Uh, certainly thank you for, you know, listening into this conversation as well. I, I definitely think if you are a school administrator and a high school counselor, you're two working in schools and you want to get your own started, just holler at us. We will help you with logistics. It is it is not hard. Um, it takes some vulnerability like anything good does. Uh, but the magic in, if you are here because the title on student resiliency and how to have hard conversations and promote student mental health. Just take a peek at the school office. Go listen to a few episodes. Um, I I really think there's power in sharing, right? And there's power in us sharing, those of us who are in the trenches, working and impacting kids every day. And that's what we're doing. And um, we could go to all the conferences in the world and some of the stories we can share together for those of us who are still doing this work that is so dang vital you guys like you're doing God's work counselors administrators working with kids like you have the seeds you're planting we say this all the time the seeds you're planting right now might not grow for 10 years but that's okay because it's going to make those students lives better in the long haul and we're going to be needed more than ever this next year I think it's going to be probably our chance to make the biggest impact um, during just the the times and again if you really want to have an impact on students and, and student mental health We've got to find a way to impact those people around the students as well. So um, reach out. You know, I hope you're brave and you can share out. Listen to what we're doing. Steal anything we've got that works Steal for you. Steal anything, yeah. But share with us, you know, um, don't be scared to start. You know, whether it's a cardboard box with your laptop sitting on it like us. Um, you know, we've upgraded a little bit since then with some microphones and different things, but we probably haven't got all that far. But... Um, that you know, podcasting. I I I just believe in uh, the power of voice and the power of conversation. Yep. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you can find this presentation. We'll have it recorded on Zoom from the Nebraska Mental Health Conference. We'll also pump it out on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. We are most places, and we'll try to um, put some links in the show notes there. With if you do want to see our Zoom and our faces on this as well. So I'm Lonnie Watson, high school counselor, and I'm Jerry Mack, high school principal. We'll be back next week. <laughs>